0: Hey guys, before we jump into this podcast with Evans Duran, I wanted to talk to you for one second about the Socialpreneur Social. This is a unique networking opportunity that we have here in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, but we are bringing it to a city near you. What we wanted to do was bring the social media aspect of business into the face-to-face networking opportunities so that you can grow your network, grow your net worth, and scale your business by getting socially successful online and off. We bring in speakers that talk to you about strategies, tools, and techniques with social media, as well as business. We have amazing speakers like Evans Durin that you're going to hear on this podcast coming to a city near you. So if you're interested in hosting an event or becoming a Socialpreneur Social Ambassador, please reach out to us at info at socialpreneursummit.com. And let's get into this podcast with Evans. Hey, hey guys, this is Brandi Holloway with the Burn Podcast. And today I have Evans Duran, and he's a little south of me from Virginia. He is in uh, Columbia, South Carolina area. And I met Evans uh, through LinkedIn and, you know, connected with him and some other amazing people that are doing amazing things as usual. And he's been in, you know, the tech startup area and sales, um, connecting with other people for more than a decade. But what I really want to talk to him about today is his coaching and redefining success. You know, we all have the goals to succeed at things, but often we do have to redefine what that means and how we're going to attain it. So Evans, thank you for coming on today.
1: Yeah, Brandy, thanks for having me. Very excited to uh, speak with you.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I always tell Brad we're going to dive right in. I don't do any fluff here. We just kind of, you know, talk about, um, you know, how you got into sales, especially with tech startup. And how that led you to, you know, coaching others um, for the redefined program that you offer?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll take you back, kind of when I was going through college. So I grew up in a household; my father was in sales. He was in the military to start with, and after that, he got to sales. So I, I watched that right as a young boy, kind of getting into my teenage years. There's something about it I always liked. Always liked the flexibility he had. Uh, he seemed to be thrilled by doing it. Um, I, I always loved the idea of business as a kid, and we should talk business strategy and sales. And it was a lot of fun to watch. So when I went to school, I went to Presbyterian College in upstate South Carolina, got out and went to work for a Fortune 15 company and took over a sales territory in East Tennessee, right in Chattanooga, and uh, absolutely fell in love with it, right? So a big Fortune 15 company, jumped in, did that for several years, had, had a really great run, had some national honors and awards, um, It was a heck of an education for a young man right out of school, I had some great mentors and leaders and coaches that I worked with. So amazing education, amazing start in my career. And several years later, my wife and I said, you know, we want to get back to South Carolina. And when we did, um, I went, I I left the company and actually went back to work for him six months later. And then I got a phone call from an IT startup company. So the tech company said, hey, look, we know you have no tech background. And there's a joke that I should not be able to spell IT, right? We had no (laughs) idea what I was getting into. But uh, I jumped in with both feet and. As of February 21 of this year, that, that makes eight years in this industry, so it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it's been a wild kind of crazy ride to go from someone as big as Fortune 15 down to, you know, a handful of people in the organization and kind of really building it from the ground up.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So how did that lead you into, you know, wanting to coach other people?
1: Yeah, I think for me, so I go back to a few kind of pivotal moments when we lived in East Tennessee. You know, I'll never forget coming home one day and, and when I was in medical sales, supplies and equipment, I'd walk into doctor's offices and I sold everything from needles and gauze pads to capital equipment to cosmetic lasers and anything in between, right, lab equipment. And in my 22, 23-year-old mind, it was like, man, I am making a, a living, but that's because people are sick. And, and I started really talking to some of my, my mentors and coaches. I said, Evans, wait a minute. Now, there are people who are sick, but there's also people who are helping with preventative medicines and these other things. And I really started to recognize that, wait a minute, what I do does have an impact. I just don't always see it, right? Um, and as I got married and we started having children, you see things a little bit differently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so over time, it went from that young man who came out of school determined to be the CEO of a Fortune 15 company who wanted to make you know, all the money and all the awards and all the titles. Within a very short period of time, it turned into, wow, Sales is a platform that allows you to be a part of other people's lives way beyond the transaction, right? So as I continue to change my mindset about what we did as a service for other people and how we help doctors' offices and how we help uh, patients ultimately find better healthcare, uh, it really changed my mindset that, wait a minute, you're, you're doing a service, right? Yeah, you're getting paid, you're making a living, but it's also a positive effect on the community. So as time went on, um, it's kind of funny. I'll never forget. There's one office in particular. I walked in one day, and <clears throat> all the nurses were there. And the doctor was standing kind of in the back of the room. And I walked in, and I knew something was wrong. And all of a sudden, this lady turned around. She started just sobbing on my shoulder. And I think I just happened to be the closest person in the And it was mm-hmm. a nurse. I'd known her for about eight or nine months. And she was just crying hysterically. Her husband had become sick, was wheelchair-bound. And she just broke down. And in that moment, I realized, wait a minute, people's lives are bigger than what you're doing in terms of dollars and cents. How do you continue to walk alongside them in victories, triumphs, hard times, good times, whatever it may be? And as that mindset, again, continued to evolve over time, I got to a point where I'm like, wait a minute. Success is not just about the money. It's not just about the title. It's not just about the awards. What are we doing to truly you know, live out our lives alongside the people that we have an opportunity to work with? And that's really where this was kind of born. Um, back in 2010, I ran a sales program, like a weekend training program for some students. And I actually founded the company just in time for that oh, and wow. let it sit for several years. Right. So Care to Succeed the name of the company. It stands for Commit, Appreciate, Reciprocate, Equip number two because you don't do it alone the idea of redefining success but uh, then there are my own battles too Brandy. i hope we get into that too but my own battles of why you Evans, why does it matter why does anybody care to listen and why are you relevant or significant you know you're just again some of that that stinking thinking as we used to call it
0: oh yeah yeah i mean and i definitely want to dive into that because you know i think huh. i think i'd love to tell the story from different perspectives. I tell mine a lot and I'm very open about the fact that, uh, that I love that term stinking thinking that's a Southern term, <laughs> yes, but <ma'am. laughs> but you know, we both, uh, we both are big believers and, um, and you know and it's all about your mindset at the end of the day. And right. that training of the mindset is not something you, it's not just a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And you're done. It's something that you have to do day in and day out. And, um, yeah, so definitely, you know, I've been there. I've looked in the mirror. I I probably still have days I do it now. And I say, you know, who do you think you are to do these things? So how do you how do you walk yourself through that?
1: You know, it's funny. So we fast forward to uh, uh, 2017. I got in a situation where um, we just come out of a lawsuit and I had been hit by an employer. Um, they, They sued a number of us and I had to go through this whole thing. And it was a disagreement of sorts. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I looked at my wife one day and it was one of those things where I didn't want to get out of bed for two weeks. She finally looked at me. She goes, did you break any rules or do anything? And I said, no. She's like, then get up, go, go do what you do and do it well. Right. Well, everything ended in July. And I looked at her one day after that. So I'm gonna put on my blinders. I'm going to go get all my business back. All the people I haven't been able to speak with for the last year. I'm going to go talk to them again. These are my people that I've grown up with. The last, you know, seven, eight years who've helped us feed our family, put our kids through diapers. I'm going to do my job. Brandy, I went a totally different direction. <laughs> I went to yeah. the extreme where, uh, you know, wasn't taking care of my health. My uncle had a stroke October 1 of 17. My grandmother died November 28th of 17. Uh-huh. And in February of 18, I'm in the doctor's office with high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, man, you need to take a couple days off and really reevaluate what you're doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I said, okay. And when I sat down, Brandy, I realized my mindset of helping people. I got to a point where I was playing that survival game, right? Okay. And so I went from doing the things that I believed in doing, working alongside people more than the transaction, more than the business. But There's about a seven-month period of time there where it was just survival mode. And maybe that was bitterness and anger and all too, but it was just attacking back in the market, trying to claw back. And when I sat back and really looked at it, I got into a coaching program with a gentleman named Fraser Cameron. I went through Epic Dads uh, about being a better husband and father, putting margin back in your life and really trying to find your purpose. And, man, all this started resurfacing again. So I know it's a long story, but I, but I guess what I'm trying to tell you here is I, I hit that wall where it was like, all right, Evans, who are you? What are you, what are you here to do? If you know it's more than selling and it's a walking alongside people, how are you going to do it? And so for me, I go back to that. Even in those moments, that FUD, right, that fear, uncertainty, and doubt, to mm-hmm. remember, okay, you know, I have it written down on, on a piece of paper right here above my, my computer in my office. I was someone who thought I had to do something significant in order to be significant. And I think that's one of the greatest lies we tell ourselves. Everybody's yeah. story is unique. Everybody's story is different. We get there when we get there. Um, and we got to be okay with that, right? We don't all have platforms like the Tony Robbins and the Jay Shettys in the world. Love those guys. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. my platform is my platform and the people I encounter are the people I encounter be good with that leverage that fully and do the best you can to make that impact so don't forget you know it's a comparison society take that out take that out wash it away and just keep kicking and when you forget have an amazing support system that'll remind you
0: yes 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 well and I think a big thing too is we're in this world of social media and instant gratification and (laughs) We, we hear of overnight success, but we know the truth is that overnight success took, you know, 10, 15, 20 years oh, yeah. to actually happen. So when you talk about Jay Shetty or, you know, Tony Robbins or anything like that, I mean, you know, if you really go back and look at their backstory, I mean, I remember reading about Tony Robbins being in a teeny little apartment, not even having food and 50 books around him. And he just read and read and read yeah. until, you know, he got it. So, you know, everybody what? has their story.
1: Everybody loves to see that last 10 steps, you know, like in the race, right? Mm -hmm. People don't care about what happens in the middle. They want to see the finish line, right? That's where all the excitement happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people like to see you starting out on the blocks and then you forget about it the rest of the way. And Three hours later, they come back and it's like, all right, who's going to hit that finish line first? But they forget everything you had to go through to get there. And I think we do it for ourselves, right? We're, We're guilty of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so two things, you know, I I think I'd want to dive into a little more. One is, you know, you talked about who you surround yourself with and two um, you know, really I want to know how you define sales um, because in this, in this world these days with MLM and direct sales and then of course there's just the typical sales that goes along with a lot of jobs that have products and services, you know, just um, relaying to maybe someone starting out how to, maybe skip a few of the pitfalls uh, yeah, no, you know, going into awesome. sales. Let's talk about that a little bit and then definitely um, we'll, we'll go over the other.
1: So the, the definition of sales, it's funny you say that. Uh, that was part of, in 2010, <laughs> with this class that I did, I wrote out an equation for everybody and it says a uh, product slash solution plus uh, prospect equals sale. Mm.
0: And it,
1: it really is just measuring out what, what are our, you know, what are, what's our portfolio Uh, How does it accomplish a task or or answer a need? And and it's really a very simple kind of, if you put it in a mathematical mindset, right? But it's funny. I think what we've done, Brandy, is we've gotten away from um, solving driver's challenges and outcomes, right? To just Mm -hmm. here's this product that I'm pitching. And I think we teach that today Mm -hmm. from a sales perspective. I think it's a problem. Excuse me. I think that uh, if we don't understand the customer's drivers, we don't understand the challenges, we don't understand the desired outcomes, and we forget to recognize that, quite frankly, we're all selling the same things, more or less. The days of saying, I'm the only person on the planet who does this. Those those days are kind of few and far between, right? So acknowledging vision, strategy, and experience, um, I mean, I had a call with a guy today. I said, he's on the other side of the world. And I started laughing. I said, here I am on my iPhone talking to you on the other side of the world. I said, I have more power in my hand right now than ever in history.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's
1: crazy is I call it the Amazon effect. Who has not been able to go to Amazon and find something and have it show up within 48 hours? I mean, again, more consumer options and choices than ever before, more products in the market than ever before, and more knowledge from the consumer base than ever before.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: for me, sales is all about how do you take the product solution, really understand the client, and make it a win. That's really what it boils down to.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I mean, I you know that's like you just said, we're all selling the same thing, and it can go one of two ways. To me, I mean, I tell everyone you're you're either offering a solution, Mm -hmm. or you're you're solving a problem. Yes. You know, and and,
1: and it's tough, right? Because I think there's a lot. Again, there's this old way of doing sales where I know my product in and out, and I'm going to find those landmines and all these different things. And and don't get me wrong, I still love sales, but I think we got to do a better job of making it customer centric.
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, you know, how do you do that?
1: Well, it's, it's, uh, I tell you what, sitting out for that year, it's funny. I, I'll give you two stories. One when I was 22 years old and I'm getting ready to move from Atlanta to Chattanooga, Tennessee, my manager at the time took me out to dinner. I've been training for two months in Atlanta. Um, again, big, big organization. I'm just a young guy and just green as grass. And I'll never forget we're at dinner and I was fishing for a compliment. That's what I would call it. Right. And I said, mm-hmm. Henry, tell me what's one word of wisdom you give me before I head out to my new territory. And he said, learn how to listen more. And Brandy, I was like, you talk about popping my balloon. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do you mean, man? You're supposed to tell me I'm amazing. I'm going to go crush it. This is going to be great. But uh, he said, you really, he said, you're you're great speaking with people. You got to learn how to hear the challenges, right? You got to really understand the client. And I asked him in my interview process, I said, what makes us different? What's our competitive advantage? He goes, you are, we're all selling the same thing you got to treat people with respect, with dignity, solve the challenge and problems like you just talked about, and help them you know, progress forward. So for me, um, that was a big part of it, right? But then also over the years and years and years of doing this and going through that lawsuit and sitting out and watching the rest of the market while I was kind of on the sidelines is a real eye-opener to how many times we walk in the door with a handout and say, okay, whether it's to a, a manufacturing business partner or supplier, or whatever it is, or the client will walk in with our handout and say, what do you have for me? And that's a problem, right? So I'm continuing to recognize that and just get back to just genuine human connection. I know it sounds real silly and easy, but that is really where I go. How do yeah. we connect on a human level? We work together great. If we don't, you know what? Maybe I can become part of your life. You can learn my mind, my life, and we impact one another, period.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, and I, you know, like I said, there's, there's people that are are selling, I can, I can put five people in front of me that are selling the exact same product. Mm -hmm. And probably after listening to them talk for about five minutes, I could probably point out who's really going to make it, you know, based on how they convey that message, how much they care. And then, like you just said, how much they actually listen.
1: Brandy, I, you nailed it. I mean, I had a guy come riding one time, and he said he said his struggle was building relationships. And so the company said, go ride with Evans. He he, he has good relationships. People, you know, they, they trust him, and he's built up a network. And I'll never forget, I know exactly where I was, I know exactly time of day, who we were getting ready to go see, and I looked at the guy I said, what is your challenge? He goes, every time I walk into a meeting, I think about how's it help me hit my number. I said, man, if you think like that, you will not last long. He was gone in three weeks.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny too. I think a lot of times we forget we have to, we have to leave our personality, kind of our ego behind in, in that sense mm-hmm. as well. And my, my uncle, I'll, I'll say one thing, my uncle could sell ice to Eskimos. Um, <laughs> I love it. He's, he's in Alabama. But one thing that my uncle taught me that um, I also think people really need to understand in sales. And, and I'm sure this applies to you is he taught me you know, disc testing. So, you know, the dominant introvert, but he put, he made it really simple for me. And, um, and so, you know, you, I looked at the animals, you have a grizzly, a koala, a parrot, and an owl. Okay. And he said, you know, these are the four personality types that you're selling to. So, you know, you need to kn- the first five minutes that they're talking about, whatever it is that they want, you need to be able to assess what they are. Mm-hmm. So for example, if someone's a grizzly, they know what they want when they want it and how they want it. You're not going to tell them. Right. So, yeah. it's got to be their idea. Um, and then you have the, the koalas that are, you know, not sure about anything and want you to hold their hand all the way through the process. And if you can assess that within those first five or 10 minutes, that will probably increase the, you know, the possibility of you making that sale quite a bit.
1: I love that. I think you have to maintain the same person and character throughout the process from day one till you know, whenever it's over. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to be willing to be fluid in your approach, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just, I think it's like parenting, right? Uh, I have two little boys and I parent both of them the same in some ways and very different in others, but I know how they respond Mm -hmm. and I know how to help them, right? And how to bring the best out of them and how to overcome objections or make them feel better about situations, right? So I think there's a, that's an awesome way to look at it, to identify, you know, kind of that style. And and I think it's positive. A lot of people will say, oh, well, that's, that's, (laughs) some people who don't like sales or think that sales is all about taking money from folks, right? Cause there's people out there like that. I think that's the challenge is it's really about understanding that client again. And it, yeah. it means more than, are you an economic buyer? I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but who are you as a person? How do you tick? What is important to you? Yeah. Um, th- those are game changers.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I always like to ask everybody, um, you know, kind of this part of the, of the podcast for your wrap up, are there any, is there a book or books that, you know, you would tell someone that was, you know, in sales, having a hard time understanding that as a salesperson, you're, you're creating value and, yep. uh, you know, for other people, whatever that product or service is, you know, not feeling salesy and slimy, which a lot of people still do even the MLM. I'm like, there's great products, but you have mm. to know the proposition value of what you're doing. So yeah. What, you know, are there any books that you've read um, you know, that really shifted you into that mindset? I
1: tell you the last two that I read um that really impacted me, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willing. Um now it's not a sales book, but what I love about it, so I I'm I come from a military family. I've got several folks in my family in the military, both active and, and veteran side. And what's interesting is, Jocko talks about it from a Navy SEAL capacity, and the chapters are, let me give you a story about the SEALs, let me give you a story about a business principle, and let me show you how we applied it to an actual company.
0: Oh, wow.
1: It was really neat, because it gets a little bit, you get a little bit of the action, right, in the military background, it's fast-paced, then you get the principle, and then you get real-world application. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's theory without application. Um, I want to know how did this work? How did it not work? What were the pitfalls? Where did it work? Well, that's a phenomenal book. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a bestseller here recently. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal book. And then another one's called The Servant and The Servant is by James C. Hunter. And that's another book. It's, it's kind of like written like a, like a parable, if you will, a fable.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, but it's a story about a man who goes and uh, lives in a, in a, in a, you know, the monks basically. Um, and it's interesting. He goes and he's, he's living totally different on a retreat and he has to look inside himself and have some real hard discussions. Uh, it goes back to that. You have everything, but you really feel like you have nothing kind of mentality. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been successful in business and then just miserable day to day outside of that. Yeah. Those are two. I really enjoyed reading, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at my bookshelf in my office there's tons of Maxwell books up here, too. There's, there's all types of good stuff out there. But those yeah. are two that I read recently that I really, really enjoyed.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know I could probably talk to you for hours and and um, <laughs> I'm super excited. So for all my yeah. listeners that are local, um, Evans is actually going to be coming up for the Socialpreneur Social and joining us and really being able to dive a lot more into, the you know, redefine success and, um, you know, I'm hoping a lot of these salespeople will come because I, I love your message and how you diversify you. it from, you know, what they say. So, uh, so until we get to see you at uh, social or social, tell everybody how to you know find you on social media yeah. uh, or yeah. anything like that.
1: So LinkedIn, I, uh, I'm on there pretty regularly, post one or two times a week. And I try to make sure that I comment as much as I can and engage with other people. Uh, so LinkedIn is a great way to reach out. And also Instagram is at Evans Duren, no spaces, just everything uh, Evans Duren. And then uh, my website, evansduren.com, E-V-A-N-S-D-U-R-E-N.com. Uh, we've got a couple pages up there and are constantly working to update with some new media and some video. So, uh, yeah, I love talking with people and uh, I can't wait to see you guys in April.
0: Awesome. Now, do you have anything coming up that any, you know anybody would want to know about, any type of retreats or conferences or anything?
1: So we've got a retreat coming up here in March. And we are just about booked out. I've got two spots left. And what we're doing here is we're going to do a couple of these during the year. They're more kind of a smaller, intimate setting where we're looking for people to come together. And we're going to go through that Care to Succeed kind of program, right? Really redefining success uh, and looking at it personal, relationships, service, and our careers. How does that affect us, right? So I'll be doing more of those around the country. But the first one's in Charleston, South Carolina here in March. And then we're working on a summit out in San Diego for July after the 4th, which is gonna be two days. Uh, It's gonna be a one-day event, but we're gonna do it over two separate days. And uh, we're gonna have a veterans group that we're working with to make sure we do some philanthropy. Um, But we're gonna be bringing them around the country. So yeah, if there's anybody who's interested in learning more, love to hear about it. Uh, Give me a shout either through a LinkedIn message or uh, contact me through the website.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, sir, well, I look forward to seeing you in April and you guys go check out Evans on LinkedIn or Instagram. And uh, have an amazing day, and we'll see you guys soon.
1: Thank you so much, Brandy.
0: Hey, hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in again. I hope you got some great content out of this. I am always open to suggestions and feedback. Uh, just leave them here on the platform you are listening to. And I'm also uh, up for the follow. I want to see what you guys are up to on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So until then, you guys keep burning up those limiting beliefs. Keep rising. Keep soaring.